Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Serial Killers Cafe. I'm Stephanie, and I'm here with my co-host, Ariel. Hey guys! And we are super excited to talk about Smelly Bob. Ooh, um, that is obviously the nickname he goes on. His real name is Robert Black, and he's actually a serial killer from across the way. He is UK serial killer. Um, so we're going to dive in. I'm going to have Ariel start off his early life. Um, but he kind of takes a different track. We've been doing a lot of California 70s murderers. Right. Seems which, like the 1970s were just like a real bad rough time, time for California. California. And they all did the same thing. Oh, so yeah. they like they had strangled. the same nickname. Yep. They all strangled. They all sodomized. Yeah. And they all left people on the freeway. Like, was there a club or something? They <gasps> like got together and they're like, like hey, this is the plan. Again, how do you find someone? Like, how do you find someone who's interest? Like, <laughs> not, not how do you find someone? How do you bring that up? Like, hey, so uh, over coffee, you know, just like, so just like, how do you like know you curiosity. can trust them too? Yeah, right. That like they're gonna not turn around and turn you in. Like, how are you like, right. so last week I actually killed a little boy and how left him on the freeway, and someone else is like, Samsies. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just blows my mind because there were so many that you have to wonder yeah. maybe there was a club. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Let's go into Smelly Bob here. Okay. So, Robert Black, a.k.a. Smelly Bob. Oh, which I I don't know. Such a nickname. (laughs) Wait till you hear That doesn't even sound like a serial killer nickname. It just sounds like you're gross. (laughs) And he was. Guys, he was disgusting. Okay? Just wait. Mentally prepare yourself now. And don't eat anything because you're just, no. This is just not good. So, Robert Black, he was born uh, April 21st, 1947, in Scotland. Um, That's where most of his crimes happened, Scotland, England, that area. Robert Black was born in Grangemouth. I have no idea if I'm saying that correctly. Probably not. It looks like it. But, I don't know, I feel like Scottish and English names, they never actually are pronounced how they sound. Uh, So, anyways, it's about 20 miles from Edinburgh, which I have heard of. Um, so his birth mother, who was named Jesse Black, uh, refused to put his father's name on the birth certificate and actually, um, gave him up and had him fostered. So he had foster parents who were, they were a little bit older. They were in their fifties when they started fostering him. That's a very... That's a lot to take on, right? Yeah. Kudos for them. Right. Especially because your son turned into a serial killer. Like, not... Awkward. Rough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, his birth mother, um, she had... Ended up having four more children, but she died. Um, And once he was fostered, um, the Tulips, which is a cute name. Oh, that is cute. They had a serial killer for a foster son. But, um, so his mother ends up dying. He really does not have much contact with her. Um, So the tulips really raised him for the majority of his life. So, um, the locals that from his town did report that um, Smelly Bob was often, uh, had bruises on him. So, they don't really get into details to what it was. I do not think that had anything to do with his foster parents, though. I think it was, like, a school thing. So, he struggled a lot in school. Um, just as far as, like, popularity and having friends and all that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of people did say that he was a little bit of a loner. Um, and he tended to be bullied um, by a lot of the other kids. And the Smelly Bob nickname, 
actually just followed him along because I think it actually started right, in grade started school. Right, it started in grade school. And right. so because that was such a prominent nickname for him then, it basically just followed him through his whole life, which is, like, terrible. It's like when someone calls you a nickname and, and then your whole life you can't escape the nickname. Like, Ooh. ugh. Thankfully, I never had anything like that. Me either. Okay. I mean... At least that we know of. Yeah, not that people told us. I mean, maybe maybe we're out there and there's something we should know about, but whatever. Um, um, so anyways, he struggled a lot in, like, grade school, middle school. He didn't have a lot of friends. He definitely got beat up. He was bullied a lot. He was also, like, super prone to, like, having tantrums all the time. And right. he vandalized school property. And he was definitely known as, like, an aggressive child right. towards other children. And so couple all those together plus the fact that he was super unhygienic and like legitimately smelt i mean it really was not a recipe for right you know anything that would make him happy yeah right so um it was definitely rough for him he also seemed to and it mentions it a few times in our research he kind of from day one had a really for lack of a better word, like weird sexual preferences and um, just thoughts in general. Uh, So he had mentioned before that he thought maybe he was supposed to be a girl. So was like very interested in female genitalia, but not in like a, I'm a boy and I'm curious kind of way in like a weird, creepy kind of way. Which then had to be super hard too. Cause then, you know, back in like the 1940s, it's not like anyone had a conversation like that. Right. So to try and figure that out on your own while being like someone you don't think you are had to have been super, super difficult. Right. Um, another well, fun fact, uh, he apparently had an interest in putting things up his bum. Wow. Uh, I mean, I guess whatever works for you. Large things, large things like, um, uh, legs of tables. Oh, yeah. but why? And you're like on your own. It's yeah. not even like, yeah. ooh, um, ooh. like full, like wine bottles, like not just like the top of it, like the whole wine bottle. Oh uh, and not only he liked to do this, but he also liked to take pictures of himself doing this. Which I think is even weirder because it's not like, it wasn't even like to his victims. It was like right. he did it to himself. Like he was like, you know, it would be great. Selfies. <laughs> I know. <right? laughs> like, okay. Of things up my butt. Yes. Oh, yeah. God, I can't. A... So uh, he, his life of crime started fairly early. And by fairly early, I mean like he was 12 and actually attempted to gang rape a girl with two other boys. I know. Right. What? Again, back to the conversation. <laughs> Hey, do you want to gang rape a girl with me hey, at right. 12? Who's like, like you know, I haven't done it before. So maybe, is? like, yeah. I can't. But. Especially like I even then, like the internet wasn't prominent. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it wasn't a common out thing because, you know, like now you'd say, yeah, you don't think 12 year olds should know, but they'd have the internet. Uh, right. Unfortunately they do. But I don't know in the 1950s, 60s. 60s yeah. That's a little weird. Also like, What? Like, you have to be already so fucked up right. to the, be, at 12 already be like, yeah. I think I'm going to gang rape someone right. and, like, ruin their life. And, like, I feel a little bit bad for his foster parents because they seem like they were, like, relatively okay people. Like, they tried. Right. Like, they 100% tried. But I think he was kind of just a, he was born not great. Um, so, anyway, so he, him and these two other boys attempted to uh, rape another 12-year-old girl. 
of course, uh, because they're 12, uh, they, they were unable to complete the uh, act of actual like penetration because they had no idea what was going on with it. They, you don't even know your body at Yeah, 12, like, do so, you like, even know what you're doing? No, 100% you do not. No. But either way, um, the cops were notified. So once the authorities were notified about this attempted gang rape, uh, Black, or Smelly Bob, he was actually moved to a place called the Red House, uh, which I believe is kind of like a juvenile detention slash group home kind of thing. Um, however, unfortunately, while he was there, he was sexually abused by a staff member, which this also seems fairly common. These, I mean, not that he's, I don't want to say poor guy because, like, he's a piece of shit, but... I, Sometimes you don't you don't doubt how they got where they got right, because you're like exactly okay really you weren't set up for success no not at all and like, I feel like sometimes you're just you're just screwed like yeah, you know what I mean like right. you're just like his foster family really tried to help him and give him a better life and like it just wasn't in the cards for him and then because of the way he was like events just continued to transpire yeah and then you get to this point it's like well there's no turning back now like he's already had a shitty life mm -hmm. thus far but you know what though it, it seems like it didn't really face him yeah at least not in his younger years um because he he actually did kind of okay um at this red house place he was in grammar school he kind of got into doing some sports uh and then at 15 he which i guess this was kind of okay back then uh he ended up leaving the house and found himself a job uh so he was just a delivery boy uh however he admitted later on this is pretty uh messed up that while doing his delivery... Now, this is at 15, okay? Yeah. While he was doing his delivery rounds, he molested up to 40 girls. And none of them were reported. None of them. But you and I have also talked about this, too, because, you know, I really do think that... Not that it's an excuse, because, you know, I don't think there's an excuse for anyone, like, for anything that right. he's done. But we have talked about the fact that, like, in different time periods like even when our parents grew up and stuff like those topics were still very taboo right you didn't talk about what happened mm -hmm. like it just wasn't what you did and you swept right. under the rug and moved on, on. even life. if you told like your parents they would be like we're sweeping this under the rug and moving right. on yeah there that was, was no like therapy and going to the cops like that just kind of wasn't it wasn't popular right well and it wasn't you didn't want to ruin right your life or your or, reputation or whatever mm -hmm. it just seems like a very common especially as we talk about you know, so many. It's like most of these people were found because they were dead, not because right. they reported someone. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So that's just something to note that I feel like is, you know, it's and it's still taboo now. I mean, people still. Right. It hasn't changed. But I mean, if it's still taboo now in the age that we live in, like right. it was so, so much more taboo later. then. Yeah. So anyway, yes. So he's. Um, so, yeah, up to thir between 30 and 40. So it's up to 40 different young girls. Uh, like Stephanie said, they were not reported. Um, so his first like official conviction for a crime um, he was when he was 17 and he lured a seven year old girl into a building. Uh, he strangled her till she lost consciousness. Ew, this is gross. Um, oh, and then yep. masturbated over her body. Yeah. And he so. actually got her by luring her in by telling her there were kittens in the oh, place. Like, God. he was like, oh my gosh, kittens. And she was like, oh, I love kittens. Poor little girl. <laughs> Seven-year-old. <laughs> Same I, so. too, love kittens. <laughs> um, so, anyway, yep, he was, the next day, so the day after this happened, he was arrested and charged with lewd and... Oh, I, thought was, I thought it was a 
I thought lascivious. it was. Yeah. No, no, we've all said it wrong. It's oh. totally thrown us off. Lewd and lascivious. <laughs> okay, sorry guys. Lewd behavior. <laughs> um, Good thing our parents paid for that private school education. <laughs> we've obviously done really well. Um, sorry, Dad. <laughs> a psychiatric examination was obviously performed at this time and actually suggested that the incident was like a one time thing. They were wow. like, uh, so the examination really has just suggested that this incident is just isolated and that he's not in you, need of treatment. Full indiscretion. No big so, deal. Um, Oh, yeah, geez. they were like, okay, so I think he's gonna be good. Honestly, like, shit happens. And again, another, <laughs> another commonality. It just happens I just every can't. time. These people just get chance after chance after chance, and they just get let go. I mean, think about it. If this guy had been hospitalized when this event happened, the remaining people would be alive. Yes, and not raped and right. dead and. Oh God. Oh my gosh, it's like, yeah, like, and how, I just want to know how you decipher what makes it a one-time, like, what's in the I question? Know, right. Will you do this again? No. Nope. <laughs> okay, do you feel do bad? You. Sure. Okay, I think, you know, he's right. It's he's just, fine. look, I just would love to know the line of questioning in, I mean, obviously, psychiatric examinations are so different now than they were then. So, right. it's like, even when we tried to look up, it's not like they're going to give us information on his psychiatric evaluation. You only get what they are now, so. Right, and we have a lot more intel now when, you know, there's so much more to go on. Right, so. but even, it's just... Uh, so there he went <laughs> back out yeah, into the world back into the world yeah. uh, and he actually which this surprised me uh he found himself a little girlfriend uh pamela hodgson and apparently he fell absolutely head over heels in love with her asked him to marry her wait yep. nope asked her to marry him sorry oh yeah i was like wait no you said that right <laughs> got it <laughs> Um, it, apparently she ended the relationship a few months later. Like very out of the Like blue. abruptly. And he was very devastated. And anyone who knows anything about killers knows that there's usually a moment. Yeah. There is a moment that something happens that just push. I mean, obviously. Unless you're Ted Bundy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that I mean, was just, you know. Obviously, like, he had some issues, you know, but... This was probably that point that he was just like, you know what? F this. I'm done. I'm done with women. Like, I'm just going to start raping and killing. Yeah. Like, um, so in case you guys are wondering, the reason that the fiance broke it off is because he had such highly unusual sexual demands, which obviously, I mean, if he's sticking things up his butt on his own and taking pictures, right. I can't imagine what he's trying to do with his partner assuming like they're open for anything because they're I getting know. married right and she was probably like okay maybe oh my god maybe he asked her to like take the picture for him uh, or something like can you it or just like a wine bottle up his bum like i can't so anyway that is why she hard pass yeah hard she pass. was like so it's been real and <laughs> she deuced out freak. and like ariel said there's always a moment mm -hmm. and it's not just a moment usually for the people that are dating the person it's also for the person something just sends them over the edge right and that was his defining factor where he was like okay so clearly i'm never going to be loved because i thought this was the love of my life and now i need revenge on all people of the world yeah. because i can't be happy so, Steph, you want to talk a little bit about uh, this molestation of his landlord and landlady? Oh, yes. Nine-year-old daughter? Because that sounds super fun. So, within a year of the engagement being broken off, his landlord, because wherever he had moved to, um, informed police that he had repeatedly molested the, like, the landlord's daughter. Granddaughter. No daughter. Oh, I have granddaughter written down. Oh. 
Well, it's one of those. Sorry, one guys. of us is right. We don't know which one. There's a lot of websites, and so when we write our notes, we we use a mix of them, and right. some of them are just. I feel like some people are like, "We're gonna guess daughter," and some else like, "We're gonna guess granddaughter," and then <laughs> okay. we have moments like this. Yeah. So we apologize. So uh, Smelly Bob pled guilty to three counts of indecent assault against a child. Um, they sentenced him to a year at a place called Palmont Borstal, and it specialized in training and rehabilitating serious youthful offenders. Right, because he's still very young at this point. Yeah, which is even scarier because he's like, I don't even think he's 21 yet. No. (laughs) Um, so, uh, he spoke freely about, like, every part of his, you know, life and everything that he went through. But he refused to discuss anything that happened there. Which this happened with another serial killer we talked about, and I can't remember who it is off the top oh, yeah. of my head right now. He was just like, nope, but he not was like, about it. yeah, he was like, it's gonna be hard pass. And he even talked about the abuse, like Black talked about the abuse in that red house that mm-hmm. we had discussed. But this specific place that was the Bonin. rehabilitation. I think it was Bonin. That did it as well. Yeah, that might have been him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, so I'm just like not. It's a no. <laughs> so everyone obviously assumes that he was probably also raped and abused there, which, again, I don't know how you expect to help the youth mm, if you're going to just offend them yourselves. But yeah. here we are. So he basically vowed to never be imprisoned again after that situation. He was like, it's going to be a no. Mm. And so that's just how that ended so he was there for um a year and then of course he got released so we're now in september of 68 and it was he moved back to london and i think to the town that he was actually raised in yes correct yep um look, look at this so he moves back to the town he was raised in and moves in with another couple and a young girl People oh are just God. really. Oh my God. Well, I'm like, do you not check? How, check well, how though? Yeah. True. You know, it's not like they could just do a background check like before. Guys, I apologize if you can hear some snorting in the background. <laughs> it's, it's my dog. She's cleaning uh, the car seats in my car for me because, like we've said before, we are usually in the car. Today, our drink of choice is really lame. We're drinking water because we're both exhausted. So tired. And we just need hydration. We need, <laughs> we're trying to stay hydrated. So, we're like, we could have coffee or we could probably drink some water. Which we, we don't it. drink enough of. That's no, a fact. So, no one does. Uh, Frey is actually so nicely cleaning the backseat of my car. So, I'll be as clean as it'll ever be thanks to her so um i'm sure any of you that have kids understand what it's like to have endless amounts of sex and crumbs in your car so that is the snore the snore noise you continue to hear yes so i apologize um yeah so he he started once he moved back after his release and he moved back to london he found like a bunch of odd jobs to obviously pay his way through bills and whatever he was doing i don't know if he had to like pay rent to the elderly couple he lived with or whatever the case may be um so that's how he supported himself one of them was actually a lifeguard at a swimming pool but of course he was fired because because he's a creepy mofo fondling a young girl fantastic no charges what the (sighs) (laughs) i know i can't so then via it says via a contact like okay who again this goes back to our what are your conversations with people situation It says, via a contact, he met at a bookshop. <laughs> okay. How does this conversation He began start? to collect child pornography. Plot to us! Like, oh my god, have you ever read? Oh, like, what do you do? Like, hand someone a book and be like, 
Check inside. Yeah. <laughs> you into this home skilly? Cool. <laughs> I just don't understand how it becomes right. such a thing. I know. That's so because obviously you're not like sending a book showing like, bro, do you like child porn? Right. Because no. But like I mean he was a pretty creepy looking mofo. <laughs> yes, I agree. Maybe they like, were kind of like you I look s- like you probably like child <laughs> porn. <laughs> I mean I judge a book by its cover, I well, tell you. Yeah. Um so a lot of it was like magazine and photographs format, which I'm assuming means it was probably like adult child porn because like they had those like dirty magazines way back then. Ew. So I'm pretty sure they weren't like throwing kids in porn magazines. I, I would know. hope not. I um, feel like that probably would have been a little more well known. What else? So, um, but then obviously he expanded. Like he was like, "Ooh, loving this porn business going on." Um, oh no, it does say he collected child porn, so it must have been in the magazines or the photos. Like, what? Ew. I know. So, anyway, he escalated to, like, videos that was, like, showing graphic child sexual abuse. And he was a keen photographer, it says. (laughs) So, he also discreetly photographed children at locations at, like, swimming pools and stuff like that. And he stored them, it says, okay, let me just read the sentence so you can laugh. Um, he stored these images alongside his pornographic material in locked suitcases. Like, okay. So how many suitcases do you have? Like, you're just like, suitcases is the way to go. No, <laughs> nothing in the attic, like a, like a basement. Nope, suitcases. all the suitcases. I mean, right. um, so, he, randomly though, he did become a darts player. <laughs> like a very good darts player. That's like in this. Oh. And, um, Just throw that in there. Yeah, and I, th- so. Like competitively? Yeah, so it says that he became known as a proficient darts player. Interesting. And then he actually met a Scottish couple and moved into their attic. Because guys, like life. First of all, don't live with people that you don't know. And like, why are you letting people live in? No, just don't. Okay. Like this is this is like Airbnbs make me so nervous. I'm always like, what if they're secretly hiding in the basement to come kill you? That's creepy. I know, but like I'm just saying, it's like you're letting strangers in your house. You don't know. I mean, yeah, I know they're paying you, but... you're not you, but, in there, though. But maybe you are. <laughs> Some people just rent a room, is what I'm saying. Like, no, no, I wouldn't do that. Uh-uh. Nope. Some people literally are like, oh, I have a room for rent, and they consistently rent it to, like, Hard strangers pass. that are, like, Hard pass. coming into town. Right. Just no seems like a not smart safety choice. No, it's like some random single middle-aged white guy is like, oh my god, can I totally live in your attic? Don't say yes, okay? Because 99% of the time, he's probably a serial killer. Uh, they said he was like the best tenant ever. <laughs> and so because he was so good, they just ignored his poor hygiene <gasps> because that's what a good tenant he was. Ew. So then it, they said that they actually suspected him of viewing pornographic material, but they had no idea that like he might be a pedophiliac. So he was actually their tenant until he was arrested <gasps> in 1990. So he Ooh, moved in with them long. in 1972. Oh my god. I know. Can you imagine? It's like when you're married to a serial killer right. and then the police come and you're like, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm married to a what now? Like, uh, what? That's terrible. That's so much time. Oh my god. That is literally 28 years. No, sorry. No. I did my- <laughs> 18 years. I, I had to calm down. That's 18. But <laughs> that's still a lot of years. But no, that's still a long time, though. So, um, 
He actually bought a white Fiat van. I didn't even know Fiat's were such a popular car. I know. Oh, we're talking about the UK. That makes oh, more yeah. sense. But they have vans? Interesting. Apparently. Well, because um, every good serial killer needs a creepy van. So he obtained a permanent job as a van driver, and he... Uh, delivered posters typically depicting pop stars so like those posters you hung on your wall apparently he delivered those which is kind of amazing like it's one of those things you don't think of a job that someone does until you hear someone doing it and you're like fascinating how do you get into that yeah ex- exactly so um he basically worked as a driver as i stated developed so much knowledge and info of the uk road network because he was delivering all the time and enabled him to snatch children across the entire country and dispose of their bodies hundreds of miles from where he snatched them so to end there i'm gonna have ariel jump in with the murders and we should be able to go through all of them because there's only like four right that whereas our last few had like 650 potential murder victims so uh so like stephanie said uh because he knew the streets so well and he was literally dumping his victims so this victim right now uh susan maxwell was an 11 year old girl uh who he picked up he kidnapped um strangled her raped her and then dumped her 250 miles away from where he actually picked her up um so Which it, talk about being thrown off like if you're the police well, it's yeah, like right first of all when you find out like oh you figure out who this girl is and then you realize she's literally 250 miles away from like where she lived yeah that's crazy. Um, and so it was one of those things where, like, people were like, oh, yeah, I saw her over here, and I saw her walking over here. I think she was just, like, out. She was um, on her way to play some tennis. A um, few people saw her here and there, but there is, like, a bridge that she had to cross in between, and he was like, snatch you right there, and then just took her and, you know, did his thing. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so she was she was 11. This one, oh God, I don't know why it gets worse the younger they are, but for some reason it really just bothers me. Um, so this was in uh, July 8th of 1983. Five-year-old Caroline Hogg. Um, so she lived on, like, the outskirts of Edinburgh. Uh, she went out to play just outside near her house, uh, and that was it. Never returned. So a lot of people uh, did report seeing a man that they thought was watching her, which I don't know why no one, like, reported this when it was happening. Yeah, like, what, after the fact, you're like, oh, right. yeah. Especially because this, they see this man who... Uh, in case you guys are wondering, is black, uh, holding her hand. Just like in the playground, this scruffy, dirty-looking oh man. And we have talked about this so many times. Like, if my kid was randomly walking around with the strange man, I would literally be like, yo, what? what is I'm happen- sorry, right. this is a no. And I or would like want- any, not any child. Right. And to, like, I would want anyone, any adult that was in that area to be like, this seems weird. And again, it goes back to that thing that I think people say all the time, like, um, where you just assume someone else has made the call, I so know. you don't. You're yeah. like, well, someone else had to have called, so right. like, I'm not gonna be a nuisance and also well, call. You know what? Just be a nuisance. Be okay. a fucking nuisance, okay, please. guys? Like, please, please, please call, guys. I've been a dispatcher. I'm telling you, be a nuisance. Please be because a nuisance. I would rather get that. I'd rather well, get. Well, you'd rather be calls. safe than sorry. Yeah, like, right. obviously, this girl clearly got kidnapped and died. Yes. And then it's like you, you know, it's like could that have been prevented? Uh, And so much like he did with Susan Maxwell, um, when he took her, they, uh, he dumped her 300 miles away from the home. First of all, all I can think of as like an adult is how much gas money <laughs> he put in. I know gas is way 
way cheaper than, but as like a responsible lame adult who filled her tank today and it cost me $48. I'm like, dang, that's so much money. It is so not worth it to be a killer, man. It's so that, that's what's stopping me. Not the murder part, the gas money is what's really tipping me off. Just kidding, guys. The murder part really right, doesn't like <laughs> Oh, I'm just saying, like, I know gas is way cheaper than, oh but still God. so many miles. Also, I don't think I'd want to be in the car that long. And I assume, does he, I might have read this wrong, or not heard you right, does he kill them and then transport them? Or are they alive, like, in the back of the van for 300 miles, and then he kills them and disposes Ooh, of them? Oh, you know, I don't know the answer to that. Because it's a big it difference does, to have someone screaming in the back I versus, know, like, dead the, silence, I feel and like you turn your music up. It's the way that everything is written, it appears that... He does the deed. He rapes. He, he kills. However, and he then kill goes him. and yeah. drops him. Um, so even though in these cases there was evidence of strangulation, it's not actually known whether or not that was the cause of death. Um, and I think that so it was confirmed that Susan Maxwell was raped. However. Caroline Hogg, they kind of just assumed that there was some sort of sexual something because she didn't have any clothes on. Mm. Poor little five-year-old girl. Um, all right. So I mean, that I'm was, like, I have a five-year-old though. One thing, though, is he does seem to wait a good amount of time in between these murders. Now, granted, there could have been other ones that happened that just haven't been linked to him yet. I'm sure that there are. Um, there usually are for most but of them, yeah. there was a three-year difference between Caroline Hogg and his next victim, Sarah Harper. Well, that's like, um, who did I do last week where you were sick? Um... I can't think of his name. Robert Kraft? Yes. It? Yes. He waited yes. like a year and a half per right. victim. Like, yes. like, like, I just don't understand. Take it's like mind blowing to have, like, I'm like, order something on Amazon and within five minutes. I'm like, why has it arrived at my front door? Even though I know it hasn't shipped yet. There's no way I could, like, <laughs> I just blows my mind the amount of patience and they just yeah. don't care. They're like, oh, I'll just wait a few years. It it's does fine. make it's like, me wonder though, if he was committing other crimes. Like, so Miss Sarah Harper, uh, went missing from, <clears throat> Uh, she had left her home to go to the corner shop, um, I assumed for her mom, just to buy a loaf of bread. Uh, so she's just a little 10-year-old. She's walking by, and uh, he grabs her. So it appears that she did actually make it to the shop, um, but I guess on her way home, he snatched her up. Um, so the last sighting of her, she was walking... Um, towards like a little path that I guess the kids had used for a shortcut so black then kidnapped her raped her and killed her um and then this one though he didn't travel super far her body was found dumped in um it's called the river Trent about a month later and that was only 71 miles away which so, I, I say only only because well compared to 300 it's like right um, so, Steph, you want to talk about the police investigation a little bit here? Yeah. Okay. So, national manhunt underway. 16 UK police forces join to try and locate this gentleman to figure out who he is. So, the FBI comes in. Hey, it's a male between the ages of 30 and 40, likely closer to 40. Classic loner. <laughs> That's in their oh profile. Oh, my gosh. Classic like loner. every single serial killer in the history of the world. They said that he would obviously have a poor appearance. 
He receives less than 12 years of formal education, likely was renting, um, and most likely in a lower middle class neighborhood. Which, understandable that you would say all these things, but, like, that's not what I would look for. I wouldn't be like, oh, that guy lives in a weird neighborhood. He's probably a serial Right. Like, I feel like... Right now, like, or he's not rich. He's probably a serial killer. Like, that's not something... I just, I wouldn't, yeah, like, housing and things like that, I can't say are what I'd focus on when right. talking about a serial killer. So, anyway... They go through all that. They're trying to locate him. Obviously, the FBI is now involved. They've got a profile out. They're working with tons and tons of people. And in the midst of all this, Teresa Thornhill was a 15-year-old girl who was abducted by Smelly Bob. And she was only 4'11", which in case you're wondering, so am I. It's a very short size. You <laughs> so look much they, like a child from the back. So they think that he probably thought she was younger than she was mm. because of her height. Right, right, right. And so he... She was, like, trying to... She was at a social gathering in a park with her boyfriend. Wow. He's so, got, again, he's fucking balls. Got, yeah, really. I mean, they all are. Let's well, be real. Yeah. Um, and so she went to go, like, walk home, and a van stopped, and basically he was like, hey, can you fix this? Which, first of all, who asked, like, a what you think is a child hey, to child, fix your could engine? could you fix my car? <laughs> Whatever. I need um, an oil change. Could you get on that? Thanks. So Teresa basically replied that she couldn't and began walking at, like, a quicker pace, obviously, because I'm sure she was like, danger, Will Robinson, yeah. danger. Danger, danger, danger. So um, he took his arms and, like, put them around her mouth and tried to drag her to his vehicle. So, love this girl, and I'll tell you why in one second. Right. So she was like, oh, oh hell to the no. <laughs> she grabs onto his balls and scree and, like, tries, like, and bites him. Yes. And so he screams, oh, you bitch, because mm-hmm. obviously he's like, this motherfucking five-year-old child. Right. <laughs> and, yeah, used to them fighting back like Right, this. exactly. And so she screams... So she screams at the top of her lungs um, for her mom and is trying to obviously like wedge her way out of like his hold. Yeah. And the mom goes, let go of her, you fat bastard. So he loosens his grip because he's caught off guard that other people are also like screaming towards him. You know what I mean? Like he's clearly like, okay, there's too many people around. I'm obviously not going to get away with this. Drops her and then ran, gets like back in the driver's seat of his car and drives away. Mm-hmm. So they call the police and they're like, hey, this happened. this happened. Right. So then we go to his arrest. Yes. Or capture, I should say both, whatever. So he was arrested in Stowe on July 14th of 19. 19- 90 which again is so like it's so insane because it's so long like he's literally been killing for so long right. or even just like raping and stuff they were like but you're just How getting arrested it? now right when this, this is- all could have been fixed when he was 17 before that yeah right when he was 12 yeah exactly. <laughs> like, like to gang rape someone oh my god but everyone's like uh oh, boys will be boys yeah, <laughs> like, what? no so i'll have ariel take over a little bit more of his capture because there is actually another victim in here yes that i'll have her go over and this is oh god this is awful uh so this is july 14th 1990 like stephanie said in stowe scotland so apparently there are witnesses that saw him uh kidnap a six-year-old girl off the street threw her into his van okay so they call the police um the police are chasing after the van thankfully they able to get him ready for this guys the little girl, six-year-old girl that was kidnapped, it was her father that was one of the police officers on scene and the one who discovered the child in the back of the van. Nope. Thank the good Lord she was alive. 
So, I mean, she wasn't, she wasn't okay. She was tied up and gagged and he stuffed her into like a sleeping bag or something. But she was like, she hadn't been raped. She hadn't been killed. Like, like he didn't have enough time because they were right. instantly on his tail. Thankfully, they, thank yeah. God. Um, and thank God for her dad that like yes. she was alive. But can you imagine being that police officer? No. Oh my gosh. Um, so. Because I just go kill him. Oh like, God, I, yeah, and then right. I'd be in jail for killing a serial killer. It would just not it go just so great. <laughs> Um, okay, so he gets the little girl, thankfully, she's uninjured, um, and then, obviously, they start a search of his van, um, and during this search, there is a large collection of child pornography in his van. In the suitcases? Do we know? Oh, you know what? It doesn't say if it was suitcases, but probably, because, you know, easier to travel. Hello. I wonder if they had wheels. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be convenient. Super convenient. (laughs) Um, so... At that point, he, uh, he is charged. He's convicted of uh, kidnapping the young girl. And he was actually given a life sentence, which is shocking to me. I assume that they took into account, like, all of the other stuff that they thought was going on. Um, but he does get a, a life sentence. Yeah, and then... Um they basically put together all the evidence and obviously then he also was he pled not guilty to each of the 10 charges that came against him for kidnap murder attempted kidnap and preventing the lawful burial of a body so this goes back to all the murders he did that they were charging him for because obviously he did get charged for the little six-year-old girl um and he also got charged for the 15 year old but those were just people that still lived that he got charged for so this also includes all the obviously murders and rapes that he and steph you'll like this one because you were talking about how much gas it would take they actually checked his gas receipts. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and, and, like, that's how they freaking knew. Like, See, I'm was- not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how they were like, okay, yep, he was able to travel this amount of time and to get these people. Um, so they were able to confirm that uh, he was able to kill Susan Maxwell, Caroline Hogg, Sarah Harper, and then also the attempted kidnapping of that 15-year-old girl. Uh, so then he stands trial again. So this is in 1994. So the first time is 1990. This is in 1994. Um, of course, he denies all the charges. Which Appeals his conviction. Bullshit, because bullshit. they all do, you know, blah, blah, blah. However, um, they were able to place him at the scenes of the crime um, for all three of them. Which is so good because... The only thing that... And I know this happens a lot during trials... <laughs> is the jury's not allowed to know about like previous convictions or his history like so they could only go based on these events not the fact that like he's been doing this since he was fucking 12 years old right which again back then in that time period i feel like it'd be easier than now because remember even the oj simpson trial those that wasn't supposed to be a long trial and it was like so long and the people were like locked in a hotel room with each other with oh no God. tv and they're like, like i hate this like yeah like yeah. it's just um insane mm-hmm. and one thing i do want to point out because we did talk about what a big manhunt this was mm-hmm. it actually was an eight-year nationwide inquiry oh that like finally came to his arrest in 1990 so that's why it's proved to be one of the longest most exhaustive and costly murder investigations mm-hmm. of the 20th century um because it Obviously, I mean, 
That's so much time. Eight so years. Can time. you, and I mean, obviously that's most cases now you would think. I mean, the FBI isn't like, oh, I'll just get this guy who killed someone yesterday. Like they're generally working on very right. long cases. I actually listen to another podcast and it's about like former FBI agents talk about things they did. And one guy talked about how he was trying to infiltrate like a gang and he sat at the same bar for a year before someone even acknowledged his presence because oh he needed God. like just to get acknowledged. Right. So it's like you have to also have patience like a serial killer to mm-hmm. hunt a serial killer because yeah. it takes so much time to. Right. It's not always just like, oh, we found him raping someone. Here he is. Let's right. take him in. It's like, well, but I would like to point out too, though. Um, so earlier we had discussed that some people, a lot of times they won't, you won't call the cops. You won't make that phone call. Uh, but the reason that he was caught was because someone made that phone call. Someone saw it. It didn't seem right. They made that phone call. Like, so if you see something, say, say something. something, please. If it seems off, it probably is. And you know what? If it's not, no harm, no foul. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, you'd rather, you know, just say it. Mm-hmm. So to conclude, our best friend Smelly Bob here. Yep. Um, which again, such a terrible nickname to have to <laughs> live with. Like since you were a child. And also, I don't know if that becomes your nickname. Don't you want to be like? Hmm. Well, and also like maybe wash yourself because then people wouldn't assume. I know that's what I'm saying. Like, why would you want to be? I don't know. But so on May 19th, um, Black was actually found guilty on all counts. He was sentenced to life imprisonment. Seriously, Um, and so he was sentenced to life, and he was going to serve at least 35 years behind bars uh, before being considered for parole. I don't know why in God's name he would even be considered for parole, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, that would put him into 2029. Yes. Which, again, so, is crazy because literally like next soon, month is 2020. Right? <laughs> However, we do have good oh. news. He actually... I, I say it like... I know. <laughs> we have really good news. <laughs> um, he died from a heart attack in 2016. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, he won't have the chance to get right. out because he I kind of wish dead. he had had a worse death. But it blows my mind because 2016 was like three years ago. I so, you're know. like, oh my gosh, this is... Like, you forget. It's like, mind you, who's born in 1947 and we're... Yeah. Like, he just died a few years ago. Yeah. But had he not, like, he could have been out. Oh, yeah. I mean, again. he would have been old. He would have been 82 when he got released. But still, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's super crazy. So... Um, and police, they did ask him if he would kind of confess to other disappearances and murders. Because they had um, so many other child they had murder so cases. Many. Yeah. Uh, but he was just like, nope. Keep my mouth shut. Which is so funny because it's so weird what they choose to talk about and not talk about. Yeah. Like, they're very like, I might have killed these 20 girls, but I'm not talking about the other three. But you've already told them about 20. So what's it matter if you give them the three other people you've talked about? That seems silly to like, like, what's so special about those three victims that you don't want to tell about those, but the other 20, like, didn't matter to you? It's very weird. Right. But anyway, guys, that is Smelly Bob. We're going to wrap him up. So um, we hope you enjoyed this week's podcast on Robert Black, a.k.a. Smelly Smelly Bob. Bob. Um, And we look forward to chatting with you guys next week on our next serial killer. So have a great Wednesday. And drink some water. And drink some water.